Chapter 8 Twelve Pearls And the twelve gates were twelve pearls. Revelation chapter 21, verse 12 When Lafayette last visited this country, the people gave him a royal reception. A fleet of vessels went out to meet him, and the band played Hail to the Chief and the National Music of France, and it is told that he was unmoved. As he came ashore, land and water trembled with the power of artillery. Old soldiers saluted him as they shouted his welcome, and he was still unmoved. With waving banners and under triumphal arches, he was taken to Castle Garden, where most of the great men of the nation were gathered together to give him greeting, and he was still not moved. But when he had taken his seat in the great amphitheater, and when the curtain was lifted, he saw before him a perfect representation of the place in France where he was born and brought up. When he saw the old home so filled with the tender memories, the home where his father and mother had lived and died, it is said that the great man was touched, and bowing his face in his hands, he wept like a child. If I could only draw aside the veil that separates the seen from the unseen, so that you could behold that city which hath foundations, Hebrews chapter 11 verse 10, there would be no need for me to preach, for in the very thought of heaven you would be almost overwhelmed. I have read descriptions of cities both in ancient and modern times, but never such a description as this. Adorned like a bride for her husband, a city in which there is neither sickness nor sorrow, death nor crying, a city of walls and gates, on the east three gates, on the west, three gates, on the south, three gates, on the north, three gates. And the walls had twelve foundations, and in them the names of the twelve apostles of the Lamb. The angel that made the revelation had a golden rod in his hand with which he was measuring the city, and found that the length was equal to the breadth, and that the wall was one hundred forty-four cubits, that the building of the wall was of jasper, that the city was pure gold, and that the twelve gates were twelve pearls. It is said that they were wide open by day, and there was no night there, and in that city there was no need of the sun, for the glory of the Lord did lighten it, and the Lamb was the light thereof. It comes to me like an inspiration that one day I will enter that city. Can you say it? Your children are going in. Your parents are going in, your husband is going in, your wife is going in. Are you going in? It is a great joy to know that the things that bring us the representations of heaven are so substantial. Some people tell us that heaven is a state, not a place. What then did Christ mean when he said, I go and prepare a place for you? John chapter 14, verse 3. And, in my Father's house are many rooms. John chapter 14, verse 2. What is the doctrine of the resurrection? Is it that only the spirits of people are raised? This is not our teaching. There must be some place for the resurrected body. When Christ went out with his apostles to Bethany, and a cloud received him out of their sight, he arose bodily from their presence. It is certain, absolutely certain, that heaven is a place. Perhaps some may question at first the meaning of the text. 
yet I am very sure that if we only had the mind of the Spirit, we would find in it much of beauty, sweetness, and power. When the army of Galerus sacked the camp and routed the Persians, one of the soldiers found a bag of shining leather filled with pearls. He preserved the bag because of its brightness, but threw away the jewels, ignorant of their almost priceless value. In many cases, passages of Scripture are treated in the same way. There is something for us all in the fact that the twelve gates were twelve pearls. What is heaven? Heaven is a place of overpowering brightness. Everything that ever came from there tells us so. Chariots so bright that the only thing to which they could be compared was fire. Angels with faces shining so that men must veil their eyes before them. Moses and Elias so surrounded with glory that the three disciples were overcome with the vision on the Mount of Transfiguration. The walls are like a great jewel, the streets are of pure gold, and every single gate is a pearl. You know the brightness of one little gem as it sparkles on your finger, but oh the wonderful thought that every gate is a pearl, and the day will come when we may proceed through the gates if we will. God has done everything that He could do, and our entering in now rests upon ourselves. But the brightness of heaven, aside from the presence of Christ, is not due to the gates or to the walls or to the streets, but to the presence of those who have been redeemed. I have been told that the deeper the water, the larger the pearl. Whether that is true or not, I do not know. But I do know that God sometimes takes His brightest jewels from the greatest depths. It is no cause for discouragement if you have been a great sinner. Paul was a persecutor, John Bunyan was a blasphemer, and John Newton was depraved, yet they shine today as the jewels of Christ. Geologists tell us that the diamond is only crystallized carbon, glorified charcoal. The book tells us something better than that, that though your sins are as scarlet, they shall become as white as snow. Though they are red like crimson, they shall be like wool. Isaiah chapter 1 verse 18. Heaven is a place of unutterable sweetness. Can you imagine the number of little children there? Can anyone describe the sweetness of a child's song? How wonderful when you remember that your own little one may be there. What wonderful singing it is as their lips are touched by the finger of Christ and their hearts are thrilled with His presence. O oh, the joys that are there mortal eye hath not seen! O oh, the songs they sing there with hosannas between! O oh, the thrice-blessed song of the Lamb and of Moses! O oh, the white tents of peace where the rapt soul reposes! O oh, the waters so still and the pastures so green! There, there they sing songs with hosannas between! The boy who was blind makes the best expression of heaven to me. The doctor had cut away the obstruction from his eyes, and the bandages placed there were removed one by one until after a little while they had all been taken off. When he opened his eyes in silent wonder, as if a new world had been opened to him, he beheld his mother, yet he did not know that it was she. Then he heard her familiar voice asking him, My son, can you see? 
he sprang into her arms exclaiming, Oh mother, is this heaven? That is the best definition. Heaven is seeing eye to eye, knowing even as we are known. If there is one thing that will describe heaven to me better than another, it is an explanation. What is heaven? I asked a little child. All joy, and in her innocence she smiled. I asked the aged, with her care oppressed, all suffering o'er, Oh, heaven at last is rest. I asked the artist who adored his art, Heaven is all beauty, spoke his raptured heart. I asked the poet with his soul of fire, Tis glory, and he struck his lyre. I asked the Christian waiting his release, A halo round him low he answered, Peace. So all may look with hopeful eyes above, Tis beauty, glory, joy, rest, peace, and love. A City of Gates There is something significant in the fact that heaven is a city of gates. The idea must be that there is some special way to get in. We cannot live just as we please, and in the end enter heaven, as we might if it were not enclosed. The Bible tells us that we may come in from the north, the south, the east, and the west, but we must pass through the gates, and it is not always easy. The gate is narrow and the way is constricted, Matthew chapter 7 verse 14, so one might be liable to miss it. Strive to enter through the narrow door, Luke chapter 13 verse 24. The Bible says, so one must be very earnest. Christ said, I am the way, and the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. John chapter 14 verse 6. He also said, I am the door. John chapter 10 verse 7. Some people think that God is so merciful that after a while they may stand in his presence, but he is just as well as merciful and he has provided the way by which everyone must enter heaven. It is through the gate. Outward reformation will not do, and morality is not enough. It is giving up yourself to him, putting your hand in his, and letting him lead you all through the journey of life until you pass through the gates. A dying child said to his father, I wouldn't be afraid to go if mama would go with me. But, he said, little one, she can't go. Then the child said, I want you to go. The father replied, My darling, I can't go. Then when the child had prayed to him who had promised to walk through the valley of the shadow of death, Psalm 23 verse 4, after a little while he said, I am not afraid now, for Christ has said that he will be with me, and he will. Lift up your heads, you gates. Psalm 24, verse 7. Lift them up, for the time is coming when with Jesus we will pass through. Gates of Pearl I am sure that there is some meaning in the fact that the gates are of pearl. Do you know the history of pearls? Humanly speaking, it is a history of suffering. When discovered, it is at the risk of the pearl fisher's life. It is said that pearls are formed by the intrusion of some foreign substance between the mantle 
of the mollusk and its shell. This is a source of irritation, suffering, and pain, and to prevent suffering, a substance is thrown around that which intruded, and thus the pearl is formed. Do you begin to see the significance of the fact that the gates are of pearl and not of gold? There was a time when there was no entrance into heaven for us. Sin had closed it. Man had grievously sinned. He had broken every law of God, and there was no hope for him at all. Then it was that the infant was cradled in the manger, become a youth, grew to manhood, and endured thirty-three years of suffering, culminating in the agony upon Calvary, when in the tremendous tension his heart broke. Then it was that he died, the just for the unjust, the innocent for the guilty. Then it was that he arose from the dead, went out unto Bethany, and descended into heaven to swing wide open the gates. That is why they are open today. One never hears about the gates of pearl without needing to realize in some measure what salvation cost, not so much to you and to me, but to him. It cost him humiliation, sorrow, suffering, and death. Do you realize that everyone who refuses allegiance to him is set against him? For he said, You are either for me or against me. There is no middle ground. The one who is not with me is against me. Matthew chapter 12, verse 30. Twelve Gates How full the Word of God is! In its teaching, beauty and sweetness come from it with every touch. It is a rock. You cannot touch it without the water of life coming forth. It is a flower. You cannot come near it without being blessed by its fragrance. There is something to me even in the number of heaven's gates. The twelve gates were twelve pearls, Revelation chapter 20, verse 21, three on every side, and the city is laid out as a square, and its length is as great as the width, Revelation chapter 21, verse 16. Is this not an indication that God has made abundant provision for our entrance into the city above? It is man who has narrowed down the way. The Bible invitation is, The Spirit and the Bride say, Come, and let the one who hears say, Come, and let the one who is thirsty come, let the one who desires take the water of life without cost. Revelation chapter 22 verse 17 the provision is abundant. No one can stand at the judgment and say anything except this, Lord, I could have entered, but I would not. There are twelve gates, and if you are not in it, it is your fault alone. God has done all that he could do. The grace of God has already been spent for a sinful world, and he will do no more. It is for us ourselves to choose to enter in, it is very easy to be saved. In one of the schools of a large city, a lintel fell and a cry of fire was started. The children were panic-stricken and the teachers as well. Many were injured as they rushed from the building. Some were killed. When it was learned that the alarm was false, one of the teachers returned to her room and found a young girl still sitting at her desk. When asked the reason for her braveness, she said, my father is a fireman. 
and he told me that if there was ever an alarm of fire in the building, just to sit still where I was, and he would save me. My father is a fireman and he knows, and I just trusted him. That kind of confidence in Jesus Christ would bring salvation. A man in Glasgow said to a distinguished evangelist, I am very anxious to be saved. What must I do? The evangelist quoted many passages of Scripture to him, among them John chapter 3, verse 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, so that everyone who believes in him... And when he had gone this far, the man stopped him, saying, But I do believe. Then the evangelist quoted John chapter 6, verse 47, Christ's own words, Truly, truly, I say to you, the one who believes on me has eternal life. The man saw it in a moment and cried out rejoicing, I have got it! I have got it! That kind of acceptance of God brings everlasting life. Twelve gates, and every gate a pearl, and every gate exactly alike. So after all, there is only one way. The gates are open. I am so glad that the gates are open today. We read that they will not be shut at all by day, and since there is no night there, the conclusion is that they are always open. They are open now. Some people have been going in since we have been speaking. At every tick of the clock, a soul speeds away. I wish that I might go as Alexander Cruden did, seventy years of age, given to the world his concordance, dying in need because he had given so freely to others. Going into his room, they found him kneeling, his face buried in the Bible, his white hair falling down upon the chair, his spirit gone the very angels filling the room where he had been. I wish that I might go as David Livingstone did. They looked into his tent door and said one to another, Keep silence, the great leader is in prayer, for he was on his knees. After a little while they came back and he seemed to be still praying, then half an hour later again, and when they touched him, they discovered that Livingstone was dead. The chariots of God had stopped while he prayed, and Livingstone, entering in, was caught up into the skies. Oh, the joy of such an entrance into heaven! Dr. Pierre, returning to France from India after a long journey, said that when his men came in sight of their native land, they were not able to do their duty. Some of them sentimentally gazed upon the land they loved. Some of them shouted, some prayed, and some fainted. And it is said, that when they came near enough to recognize their friends on shore, that every man left his post of duty, and it was necessary for help to come from off the land before the vessel could be anchored in the harbor. Oh, the joy of thus entering heaven! Welcome from the gates, welcome from our friends long gone, and welcome from every angel in the skies. The joy, the joy of one day passing through the gates. Man's Questions, God's Answers Am I accountable to God? Each one of us will give an account of himself to God. Romans chapter 14, verse 12 Has God seen all my ways? All things are open and laid bare to the eyes of him to whom we must answer. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 13 
does he charge me with sin? The scripture has confined everyone under sin. Galatians chapter 3 verse 22. All have sinned. Romans chapter 3 verse 23. Will he punish sin? The soul who sins will die. Ezekiel chapter 18 verse 4. The wages of sin is death. Romans chapter 6 verse 23. Must I perish? The Lord is not willing for any to perish, but for all to come to repentance. 2 Peter chapter 3 verse 9. How can I escape? Believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved. Acts chapter 16 verse 31. Is he able to save me? He is also able to save forever those who come to God through him. Hebrews chapter 7 verse 25. Is he willing? Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. 1 Timothy chapter 1 verse 15. Am I saved on believing? The one who believes in the Son has eternal life. John chapter 3 verse 36. Can I be saved now? Now is a favorable time. Behold, now is a day of salvation. 2 Corinthians chapter 6 verse 2. Can I be saved as I am? The one who comes to me I certainly will not cast out. John chapter 6 verse 37. Shall I not fall away? Him who is able to protect you from stumbling. Jude verse 24. If saved, how should I live? He died for all, so that those who live would no longer live for themselves, but for him who died and rose on their behalf. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 verse 15. What about death and eternity? I am going there to prepare a place for you, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I am coming again, and will take you to myself, so that where I am, there you also will be. John chapter 14, verses 2 through 3.